there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to another amazing week, another Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Shemini. We're still in Kodesh Adar, we're still living up the times of the Simcha of Adar, getting ready for the even greater Simcha of Kodesh Nisan, which Be'ez Hashem begins next Shabbos. This week is also Shabbos Mavorchem. So much to talk about, so much to be grateful for, so much to really to get ourselves into and get ourselves ready for Chagah Pesach. So this week, the very beginning of the parsha talks about Hashem tells Aaron HaKoyim, Karavon HaMizbeach, come close to the Mizbeach, and perform the service of your chatos, your sin offering, and Olasecha, your uh, what I call elevation offering, and V'chaper Ba'atchov Adam, and provide atonement for yourself and the nation. Now, this chatas, this sin offering, which Aaron Akoyin brought, was very, very personal. It was meant to atone for his participation in the cheta egel, in the sin of the, of the golden calf and the whole debacle there. Why was it necessary for Aaron to offer up his own korban prior to offering up the communal korbanos. So Rav Eliyoh derives from here that prior to teaching others, one has to first, and perhaps foremost, show that he himself is free of any such taint. When one seeks to convey his hashkafa perspectives, his, his outlook on life, based, of course, upon the Torah to others, he must first be an example of his teachings. As the, the Chazal say, Keshet Atzmacha, first kind of beautify yourself, and then only afterwards, then you can attempt to beautify other other people. You know, it's simply this Chazal, it's actually a Gemara in, in Sanhedrin, Daf Ches, teaches that one should reflect on his own actions and self-evaluate prior to having the presumption to criticize other people. Rav Shamshun Falhush explains that the first time the word Keshait is used it's related to the Aramaic word kushta. Kushta, which means truth. In other words, Chazal are being very frank with us. Be truthful with yourself. Don't delude yourself that you are perfect. Before you have the, the chutzpah, the, the temerity to rebuke other people. First of all, it's improper. Secondly, it's going to be ineffective. No one wants to be criticized by, by some faker, right? 
who kind of expediently uh, uh, changes to please others to further his own goals. Thus, Aaron publicly addressed his own failing before he sought forgiveness from, for the nation. It is related that one week the Holy Chofetz Chaim canceled his weekly shmuz, his kind of ethical discourse that he usually gave. At the appointed time, he ascended to the shtender and said, Kindle, my children, today I am unable to offer words of Musa. I can neither arouse your emotions nor inspire you. Because this week, I received copies of the Mishnah Bura, which of course we know as the Chavetz Chaim's magnum opus, and I was compelled to spend long hours reviewing and editing each volume for errors. I would hate to sell a volume that had mistakes. This would be tantamount to stealing. And I cannot demand diligence in Torah study when I myself have been very lax in my commitment this this week. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is soul to soul. There's lots, lots more still coming. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your way to Erev Shabbos, Kiddush Pashas, Shemini, which is also Pashas Pora, which is also Shabbos Mavarachim of Chodesh Nisan. Wow, it's a banner, Shabbos Baruch Hashem, as we get ready to prepare ourselves for Chodesh Pesach. And of course, we find ourselves actually in a little bit of a dilemma because we've just come out of Purim. And Purim is such a high. Purim has, has given us a real outlook of, of who we are and, and what we can achieve. And we reach on Purim the same kind of heights that we actually can reach on Yom Kippur. In fact, we know it's called Yom HaKippurim, that Yom Kippur is a day which is like Purim. It's done in a different way. The style is completely different, but the result, the closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the commitment one walks out of Purim with is, is the same as, as when one walks out of Yom, Yom Kippur. The real problem is what kind of happens in the aftermath of, of Purim. You know, whenever we have great moments of great uh, arousal or particular time periods that really elevate us, times where, where a yid is, is, is zeichem, merits that his neshama really rises to a new plane, to a new, to a new sphere, to, to new understandings of what we're able, of what we're able to to, to achieve and 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 are, are we're so elevated and in a funny kind of way, you know, with this we 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 we, we kind of we merit to sort of leave <coughs> the whole hum kind of routine of our of our lives and and we're kind of injected with a a desire with a tremendous tremendous want to become to become a, 
uh, more and 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 to, you know, to raise ourselves, you know, above the the reality of our, of our daily daily existence. You know, when 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 we kind of breathe the, the rarefied atmosphere of a special special time, and and we're inspired. And we feel that. What does the Apostolic say? Ah, it's so good to be close, close to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that, and that becomes a very, very strong feeling. And especially, and it's a funny way of saying it, but yes, we had the terrible, terrible tragedy on Purim and Yushalayim with the, with the Petira, with the passing of, of Rav Goin of Chaim Kanievsky, who was the father of Klaisel, was the Sarator, who was all of Klaisel rested on his shoulders. And of course, it's a terrible, terrible tragedy. But in a funny kind of way, you know, when we sat and we listened to the Hespedim and we listened to the absolute enormous greatness of his, of his character, of his lifestyle, of the way he dealt with every situation and the way he handled his life, the way he used his time, the way he was available, it does inspire us. It does, okay, we're never going to become Rav Chavchayim, but maybe we can become a little bit more sensitive. Maybe we can learn how to utilize our time a little bit better and you know, be a little bit more productive on, on a daily basis. Yes, I know we have to relax and, and chill and you know, life is tough. I understand that. But surely, perhaps, there's a lot more we could actually achieve. So we're, we're walking in a situation where we're, we're walking 12 feet high. We've had this amazing Purim. We've had the, the, the bittersweet, of course, occurrence of the death of a Godel. But that has also uh, left its mark on us, left its indelible impression on us to want to, to, want to improve. The problem is that when... Those kind of amazing times pass and we kind of get back into our normal routine where those periods of elevation are, are, are over. And yeah, what we hope for and we look forward to and people look forward to Purim and they're excited for Purim for, for, for days and 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 you know we kind of on, on the shamas are kind of fine tuned for it and and we had we had a, a tremendous need for it. Now we you know we've passed it. Now it's it's behind us, and again we're back in the normal routine in the regular day to day stuff that uh, that we have to go through all the time. And now we don't have. That light, we don't have that, that, that elevation. We so look forward to these times, and now they're gone. How do we carry around? But of course, that's not the way that a a, a yid is supposed to is supposed to look at, uh, at at the situation. Because particularly regarding the days of of uh, of Purim which of course had such a tremendous strong uh, desire and, 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 and influence on, on us, the, 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 the simcha and the, and, the, and, the, and the light. It's, we don't say that, okay, now it's over, now it's all gone, we're back in the fog, we're back, we're back in, in the situation of total in, in, uh, you know, uh, uh, lack of clarity. It's not so, right? 
They know we're not we're not we're not expecting any 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 rain clouds coming. There's still there's still a tremendous, tremendous light that stands in front of of, of our eyes. You know, we have a we have a halacha that when we dive in the brachas, the last brachas of the Brachas Krishna, right? It ends with the with the words Barakhatu Hashem, Ka Al Yisrael. The halacha then says we have to immediately begin the the Shmanesre. Without a break, without even even a break of silence is questionable whether you can do it. Certainly, God forbid, not to talk. Why? Because there's a concept of smichus geula legeula, as the Gemara in Megillah says. We have to put together one type of redemption, redemption of Purim, with the very, very next big redemption that we're anticipating, and that is, of course, Pesach. We go from, from strength to strength, right? We go, first of all, off we go, we're, we're about to, you know, have finished the cycle, kind of Purim is at the very, very last of the cycle of the Yom Tovim, and we're about to start all over again, and start again with, uh, with Pesach. And already now, we are actually entering already into the, into the light zone, into the situation of, of Pesach, because Pesach doesn't begin only on the 15th of, of Nisan, nor does it even begin on the night of the 14th when we do the Yibadikas Chometz. The halacha says, Shoyelin v'dorshin be'ilchas ha-Pesach, ko'ilma Pesach shloishim yam. We already begin to investigate the halachas, to learn what we need to do, to learn the practicalities, to understand the, the theories behind them. And certainly, the practical uh, preparation begins 30 days, by, you know, kind of as soon as you've cleaned up from, from all the shlachmanas, you already start uh, uh, getting things. Some people even started before, before Pesach, right? And, 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 and we're, kind of, we're kind of summoned, and we're, and we're invited already now to get into, you know, to enter the, the, the hallway, enter the passage, enter the anteroom that's going to lead us to the huge palace, the huge beautiful palace of of Pesach, to to smell the the, the pleasure of, of it and and to the effect that have have our clothes uh, 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 infiltrated with a beautiful smell of the of the yontif and and to and to breathe the air of of, of a yontif. You know, you know that we know that the coming Shabbos is Kaisel is going to read. Parshas Para, and it's brought in Yerushalmi in the Gemara Yerushalmi in in Megillah. Amar Rav Chama, Rav Chama says it's completely, completely logical that really our reading next week, the Parshas Hachodesh, we read about the the, the Korban Pesach and the preparation for Pesach should actually come before Parshas Para, because on the first of Nisan we know. As we read in this week's Pasha, the, the Mishkan was put up and went live. On the second day of Nisan, they burnt the, the, uh, the Paraduma in order to help people become pure. So, and, and, and Pasha Chodesh, which was, which was said on Rosh Chodesh, really should come first. Why is it, in fact, that Pasha's Para comes, uh, comes, comes first, which is, talks about the purity of, of all of the Klai. So it's, it seems to be 
out of, uh, out, of, out of order. So let's leave you with a question, and please God, we'll come back in the next segment and deal with it and try to get some really, really good depth into this whole subject. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is sold to soul. Please stay with us. We're right in the middle of something amazing. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. This is the program on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kedish, Pashas Shemini, which is also Pashas Para, which is what we're discussing now. And it's also Shabbos Mavarachim for Chodesh Nisan. Please God, Rosh Chodesh will be next Shabbos. Very exciting Shabbos. And we're in the middle of discussing a very, very exciting question. And the question is, in the chronological order of which things happened, the, the command about bringing the Korban Pesach and all the laws that were relevant to Pesach happened on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The burning of the Paraduma, which would then facilitate the Jews being able to come pure so that they could then bring the Kompesa, only happened the day later. So how come it is that this week we're learning Parshas Para, and only next week, which is already Chodesh Nisan, are we going to read the Parshas HaChodesh? So the Yerushalmi explains to us that when we read Parshas Para, so, from Shemayim comes down a, a spirit, an aura of purity on all of Klai In fact, the, the Besaran brings that we have to believe that in the same way that we can become pure by the, 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 the ashes of the actual Paraduma, right, as, as you prepare for, for Pesach, so too we can become purified during this time by reading the Pasha of, of Parah. Every single person according to whatever level he's, he's on can, can get himself pure and get himself ready for the light of the Pesach that's, that's coming and that each person can be niskadish, can be sanctified on his level to a, to a much, much higher, higher sphere. And in the same way as we found that uh, when a person goes into the mikveh to, to, to dunk himself, so his purity is dependent on what his intention is, as in fact the Rambam paskins in the end of Hilchas Mikvois. So it's absolutely c- clear that the impurity and the purity that they all obviously it's not something we understand at all it's, 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 it's a, what we call it's something that Shemayim has declared we don't have any concept of how it works it doesn't it doesn't really appeal to the intellect of, of, a, of a person but this, it's one of the chukim it's one of the statutes of, of Hashem so too when we want to put ourselves in the mikvah and, and, and rise ourselves above the, the tumma, the impurity that, that envelops us. Do we understand how it works? Absolutely not. Not, not at all. But we know part of the, the rules are that the, 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 the tumma, whatever the, the, the substance might, might be, whether, whether it be clay, whether it be even the worse, the excrement that, that, uh, that you know, uh, uh, 
the fact that it's removed in, in one, it's, it's, it's again, it's a gezeris hakosav, and it depends on our intention. And therefore, Chachamim said that if a, if a person, even if you went to the, to the uh, 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 mikvah, but he didn't intend when he went to the mikvah to achieve a certain level of purity, it's as if he never went to the mikvah. And nevertheless, there's, there's an illusion here that in, in the same way that if you do intend to purify yourself, so the moment you go into the mikvah, you become pure, even though right, nothing has happened. Your body is exactly the same as it was, as it was before. So too. If we really, really, after all the experiences of, of Purim, after all the experiences of having experienced the patira of a godl, if we really decide that we want to purify ourselves from whatever it is, from the, the, the schmutz, from the dirt that is enveloping us, from the things we're reading, from the things we're looking at, from the things we're experiencing, from the thing, from the, the, the time we, we waste on, 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 the, on nothingness, and, and we want to, we want to, raise ourselves and perhaps purify our thoughts and our actions to a new to a new uh, to a new label we have that that ability right by by going to in, in, into the mikvah of Tyra into reading Pasha's Pura and, and thinking about what we want to we want to achieve Hashem says I'm going to throw upon you these purifying waters and you will become pure from all your impurities and from all your, your depraved actions I'm going to purify for you in other words Hashem in His tremendous tremendous mercy gives us the chance to expunge every kind of sin and every kind of iniquity and every kind of, of, of rebellious act to remove it from our record and, 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 and purify us and, and that's what Pasha's Pora is, is about. Since purity is completely dependent on the intention of a person, so if someone reads this Pasha and someone listens to this Pasha and we have to have Kavana when we hear the Pasha's Pora, that through this we want, we want that water of purity to come upon us. We want to change. We want to re- reinvent ourselves. You know, the Chasm Sefer brings down in, in, in his uh, in his Joshua's some Pasha's Kisisa, which in most years is actually Pasha's Para, says you should know that according to Rav Moshe Darshan, the Para uh, 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 earns us atonement for the sin of the Eglazah. That's Rashi. Rashi says, and it's known also that Hashem has said that unfortunately the, the, the punishment for the Egel is spread out over your impotty on the day that I choose to remember it. I'm, I'm going to visit upon you your, your, your sins. That was the sin of the, of the Eglazov is, is preserved in every generation. Hashem meets out a little bit of the punishment each time He punishes us. And according to Moshe Dashin says that the Paraduma has the ability to, to purify us. In other words, that if a person learns the Pasha and a person hears this Pasha in Shul, it can, it can uh, atone, right? In the same way as we read all the Pashas of Kabbalists 
and and it's as if we've brought the Kabbana, so Pasha's Parah can attain purity for, for us. Now, why is it specifically the reading that this Pasha, that we merit the, the purity and we merit the, the atonement from all our, our various of, of specifically Chet HaEgel? So the Svasema says, the main purity that we achieve is through the Kayach of learning Torah. And therefore, the main purity that uh, 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 we get through reading this parsha, because we say, Pasuk says, Imrois Hashem, Imrois Tairas. All the statements of Hashem are pure statements. So if we learn Hashem's pure Torah, it has an effect. Why is it specifically on Shabbos that we do it? So the Svasemis says, because the pure Neshama, right, that uh, the, the Neshama Shalasatabi Tairi, the Neshama that Hashem put us, is, is so pure. And, and the main sources and, and bastions of, of Tumah tries to divide up and, and, and create a, a rift between the Neshama and, and the body. And therefore on Shabbos, which is the day of the, of the Neshama, that the Neshama overcomes as much easier time overcoming all the desires of the physical body. In fact, it's, uh, we have a Neshama Yaseira. Neshama Yaseira means that we have much, much more power on Shabbos to be spiritual, to overcome all the problems. And therefore, that's the day where we're most able, where we're most opportune for us to achieve, to achieve a, a purity. But, the, as we said before, really, the reading of the Pasha's Parah should actually be in Chodesh Nisan. Why do we choose to read Pasha's Parah right after Purim, even before we learn the laws of, of, uh, of how the Parah, do, how the Korban Pesach is supposed, to be, is supposed to be brought? So, let's perhaps uh, uh, reveal here what... The uh, the the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh told us says in every single Jew in the world, I don't care who he is, I don't care how many mitzvahs he's doing, I don't care what situation he finds himself, how close he is to Hashem or not, it doesn't make difference. Even if he's a, a person never who's who's full of of averis, there's still. As we know, there's one point, one internal point in a person's, in a person's, how we call that pintula yid that exists inside every single Jew. That, that, that is the, the, the godly spark, which is the, the, the root, the shayrish of, of the neshama that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put inside every single one of us. That there, that is an untouchable spot. No impurity, no dirt, no filth can reach that, that spot. It remains absolutely pure, absolutely in, in, impugned for as long as the person is, is, is alive. And we know that uh, the Baruch the, Mezbis uh, explains with this, the, the Pasuk, very famous Pasuk in Tehillim Lam and Zion, says, V'oid ma'at, in Russia, a little bit longer down, just down the road, there'll be no more Rishayim. This by Nenis, you look for him, you'll try to find this place, he won't be there. And he explains, every single Jew, even though 
he did Averis, and, and, and maybe even actual acts of rebellion against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nevertheless, Admat, just a little bit longer, because within that person there still remains that little bit from the very, very root of his neshama, that one nekudah, that one point, which is inside everything else, and it's, it's connected to his, to his life, to his neshama. And the in Russia, in that place, there's no such thing as being as being a, being a Russia. Because whatever impurity he may have enveloped his body in, it doesn't get to that to that point. And in fact, Davin Melch Davint, this by Nanta when you think about uh, this place, when, when a person thinks about the fact that we have this this point in, in inside of us, this internal core that that uh, that uh, makes us special that makes us uh, 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 immutable in in, uh, in in our in our connection to to our and you'll see that there's in that place there's nothing to do there's no association at all with riches there's nothing that a person is doing in his essence that is that is bad and if so whatever Averis a person did whatever situation, whatever mud a person has allowed himself to become uh, uh, besmirched with. All it is is, is external. It, it doesn't go into that deep place in the heart. And if we put him in a bathroom and we purify him and we, and we get rid of all that stuff, what's going to come out is the beauty, is the purity, is the essence of that, of that very, very, very neshama. Now, when we look and focus on that inner point that exists in every single Jew. That we know is, is, is the part of the human being that is essentially a piece of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's given to us by HaKadosh Baruch Hu itself. And the Torah says about this, in Pashat HaKarebos, HaSheichein Itam Tum Oisam. Hashem dwells with us in the midst of, of the impurity. That in there very, 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 very deep down of and, and surrounded and besmirched by all the tumor and, and all the defilement of whatever sins that person can do is this one beautiful, perfect, untouched, absolutely fiery point within a person. And that is our, our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that nothing can happen to ruin that particular point. That's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu lives, even right in the middle of their, of their Tumah, in, 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 a, in a place, in, in, in a little bubble there, where there is absolutely no access to, of the Tumah to that, to that place. And that's what really, what Chazal means, Gemara in, in Sanhedrin, even though a person may have done terrible averis, he still remains quintessentially a, a, a Jew. Because even though he's done averis, that uh, a besmirchment, that dirt, that the corruption only takes place on the most external, on the external level. But in that very, very quintessential point in the heart is no pagam at all. And therefore, even though 
that a, that a, that a person did Averis, Yisrael who He remains a, a Yisrael. And from this internal point, there will come a time where he will be aroused to have thoughts of doing of doing tshuva, of, of, of regretting what, what he's done. Even the worst total uh, uh, evil people in the, in, in, in the world, they'll have their moments where they're turned on, where they're somehow, somehow redirected towards, towards uh, HaKadosh Baruch As we say, even the most evil people are full, full of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of, regret, of regrets. Yismach Yisrael explains based on this what is the whole concept then of, of tshuva. And he, and he bases it on, on a pasuk in, in Yeshaya. The pasuk says, Ulevava Yovin, his heart will understand, Bishav, and it'll come back for Rafalai, and everything will be, will be healed. Everything will be will rem, remedied. In other words, if the Russia wants to abandon his ways, his evil ways, and come back to Hashem, then all he has to do is think deeply, and introspect into his heart, and find that one little point that's inside, that there is hidden the, the, the divine spark, the, the fiery essential core of the, of the Shalheves, the flame of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that has never, ever, and never will be extinguished. When a person looks that, when a person tries to reach that, when he thinks, how can I get to that point in the depth of my heart? He will be Zeiche, he will merit to light a fire in his own heart that will become a, a huge conflagration which will bring down and attract all kinds of Kedusha, all kinds of purity on all his 248 limbs and 365 uh, sinews. And that's what it means, if he tries to understand well the depth of that one point that's, that's inside it, through that, that will bring him to do tshuva and, and get, get everything. On, on Purim Day, where we have this skill, we know to become intoxicated, and 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 uh, you know, nichnas yayin say when wine comes in, the, the secrets come out. So that inner spark of every single Jew is is revealed. Is he wears it on his on his shirt sleeve? It it comes out. How how pure are we? How holy are we? And even if we did have errors, and we've completely corrupted our ways, and our tzelim lakim is barely noticeable, right? That was all just outside. That was just uh, uh, externally, right? It's not. It's not really true. In the panemius of a person, every single Jew is completely, completely pure, and and the paraduma re- relates to that inner point of the person because the, 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 the dirt does not get to, to that point. And that's what it says. The paraduma timima, the paraduma, this red guy has to be perfect. Asher aimbamum, there cannot be any blemish. Asheloi no yoke ever, ever went. In other words, that it corresponds to this point within the person's heart where there's no mum, there's no imperfection, there's no Avera hasn't, hasn't touched that. Why? Because 
The Yetzar, the, the yoke of the Yetzar never came to that, that point. He doesn't have any right to get to the, get that point. And that, for that reason, the Parah Duma is the Kapara for the Chet of the Egel to show us that even this Chet of Avedizara of the Egel, again, it, it was external, it was a terrible thing, but it didn't corrupt the very essence of, of, of who you are. And that's why we want to read Pasha's Parah right after Purim. Because they're really one thing. Once we've revealed that inner core on, on, uh, on, on Purim, and, and we know that we are all Torah of Akadosh, and therefore the, the Parah represents this Chayk. In other words, it's a mitzvah without any reason. And as Rashi says, because the Satan and all the other nations of the world criticize Klaisa. What kind of mitzvah is this? Why are you keeping things you don't understand? Surely, we are, we're, we're, as human beings, we only do what we understand. What, what rationale is it? Therefore, it's a chayk, it's a gezeira, it's, it's a decree from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we have no right to ask questions on a question about it. Right? So, similar thing Rashi writes also in the, in the Pasha's Hecharemus on, on the Pasuk. Uh, guard my chukim, and follow them. And he says, These are things that they are decrees from the king of Sahara, has all kinds of tainus, but we're not going to worry about them. We don't care about what the Goyim do, and we continue to do it, Hashem. Hashem, uh, Hashem, uh, Hashem wants. And Davka, it's by fulfilling the mitzvah of the Paraduma that we don't understand the reason. That reveals the essential difference between the Jewish nation and all the other nations of the world. All the other nations of the world, they fulfill whatever mandates they think are, 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 are logical, that they understand, that makes sense to them. Yeah, that they keep. But that's, that's, that's completely external. There's no connection to Hashem if I only keep something that I understand. But clearly so, where we keep the mitzvahs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, only because Hashem commanded them without reason, without understanding. That is an internal. And, and that kind of kiyom, that kind of from the mitzvahs connects us to our very essence and allows us to begin the, the, the process of purity that we then bring into, into fruition through the bringing of the Karim Pesach, the realization of our geula from all, from our redemption, from all that is blocking us and, and, and our revitalization and our reconnection to our Kaddish Baruch Hu that takes place on Chakam Pesach. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Halacha segment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul for Soul, back on your way to hear of Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Shemini, Shabbos Mavorchen for Chodesh Nisan, and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining us again for this segment of the show. We are, as we know, learning Hilchos Shabbos. We're learning particularly at the moment the laws of, of Kiddush, but before we do that, as we always do at this time on the on the show, we give you the specific times that you need to know for Shabbos. So we start this afternoon, the earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles today, 
is at 4.58. 4.58 is already ready. earlier than 4 o'clock. You can already light your, your candles. That's great. And as I always say, it's the best thing in the world to start Shabbos as early as we possibly can and get everything organized, get the food on the, on the hot tray, get yourself moving, get yourself dressed and showered so if you can get out of, you know, value extra, you know, some VAT, some value added time to our, to our Shabbos is an amazing, amazing thing to, to, to have. The latest time for lighting Shabbos candles this week is at 5.55, five minutes to six. That's the absolute latest. Make sure everything is ready by, by that. Uh, Shkia then is at 6.13. 6.13 is absolutely the the you know emergency time if you're stuck in the road and you gotta walk or something, that is really the time to get to get ready by, by Shabbos. So if you are desirous of dominating Mayrav at at the right time and not have to say Kriyashma again, so all you have to do is wait till about six thirty and you are good to go, six thirty, six thirty one, and you can Daven Mayrav Bismani and then sit down to a really, really great Shabbos evening with the family, with friends, with some good food, with some good debater, with some good zemiras, just a chilled, relaxed, beautiful Shabbos. As we know, it's a, it's a quite a special Shabbos, Shabbos Parshas Parah, and Shabbos Mavarchim for for Chodesh Nissan. So there's lots and lots going on, and of course tomorrow, tomorrow we lane Parshas Shemini which basically has, you know, two parts in it. It talks the beginning about the sin of Nadav and Avil, which marred the celebration of the first day of the Mishkan going live. And then the second portion is all about the kosher animals, the kosher birds, the kosher fish, all that type of very interesting things. Because it is Pashas Para, which is perhaps one of the more important special landings that we have in in. In Adar, there is even the opinion that some say it's actually a Torah obligation to to hear it. So get yourself to shul to to hear it. And of course, because it's a special maftir, it has a special haftarah attached to to it. It's then, of course, Shabbos Mavarchim. Uh, Shabbos for Shkodesh Nisan is next Shabbos. Next Shabbos is a real banner. Shabbos, it's a three Sefer Torah Shabbos next week because it's Pashas HaChodesh and, and the Rosh Chodesh. So it's a Shabbos of Arsim, one day of Rosh Chodesh, just next next uh, Shabbos. So it's a beautiful, I'm sure uh, we'll have a nice Kiddush in, in Shul and maybe a little bit of, a little, little of, uh, you know, good mashkeh to, to keep us, to keep us uh, going. Shabbos Chodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.44. 16 minutes before 7, 7 o'clock. It's getting early so quickly, it's, it's frightening. And we are really three weeks away from Pesach. Three weeks from tonight is the first Seder night, and people are already getting excited. Yes, I know there's a lot of work to do and a lot of things that have to get done before then, but we'll get there. And, and, and Pesach is, is just beckoning to us already at this, at, this, uh, at this time. So we are learning the laws of, of Kiddush, and we, the halacha says that in, since as soon as Shabbos actually comes in, so it's a mitzvah to try to go as quickly as possible and to fulfill the mitzvah of Zohar, which we know is the positive aspect of Shabbos, which of course Kiddush is, is the main one, and to make Kiddush on wine uh, declares 
our, our, our uh, uh, adherence and our memory of that today is, is Shabbos. And our Chachamim instituted that a person from the time Shabbos begins until after one has made Kiddush, one should not eat anything until one has made Kiddush. And even, the reality is, even to drink, even to drink water before Kiddush is, is actually uh, a forbidden. Right? Um, if obviously one's in a situation where one has no wine or no bread, no ability to, to, make, to make Kiddush, so then, of course, uh, many say that one should perhaps say the text of the blessing of Kiddush without Hashem's, Hashem's name, just so you can fulfill the mitzvah of remembering Shabbos, and then, of course, one could eat without making Kiddush. If one uh, thinks that one doesn't have wine or bread now, but he will be getting later that night, sometime before, before midnight, then ideally he should wait, uh, if he can, and, and make Kiddush only uh, when he gets the wine and then eat. If it's very, very difficult for him to wait that long, then he could you could eat already before, and when the wine comes, he'll he'll make kiddush and and have something to eat at that uh, at that at that time. If one needs to sort of rinse out one's mouth with water, <coughs> that would be allowed to be done. Or if one needs to swallow a pill or some medicine, that also is allowed before before kiddush. Now this uh, this prohibition actually starts from the moment that Shabbos comes in, and therefore a woman who accepts Shabbos upon herself, as we discussed, when she lights her Shabbos candles, so she would not be uh, allowed to, uh, to drink from the time she lights her Shabbos candles and accepts Shabbos until after, after Kiddush. And uh, same thing with a man, if a man uh, from the moment he accepts Shabbos, and of course we've spoken before that a person should accept Shabbos before sunset, what we call Tosefes Shabbos, adding on to the Shabbos from Friday, which you said is a very, very important thing. It's a mitzvah to 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 do that. So from the time that he accepts uh, a Shabbos, so he would not be allowed to eat or drink until again he fulfills the mitzvah of uh, of making of making uh, a make kiddush. Uh, someone who was unable for whatever reason or didn't fulfill this mitzvah of adding on extra time to Shabbos so he would not be allowed to eat from the time of, of sunset until until after Kiddush because from sunset even without you actively accepting uh, the Shabbos the Shabbos comes in by by itself and you are bound then to to uh, uh, fast so to speak until after 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 Kiddush the truth is on Shabbos day also, uh, once one has made, once one has davened uh, shachris in, in, the, uh, in, in the morning, so again, it's also to eat or to drink before you make, you make Kiddush. Now, there are some people who want to eat and drink before they daven shachris, but as is well known, and again, it's, it's, it, it flies in the face, I know of established kind of tradition here, here in, in Johannesburg, in a standard situation for a regular healthy person, eating before chakras, certainly for a man, is, is not allowed 
on on uh, on Shabbos on Shabbos morning because the Chacham said it's Gemara in in Brachot that anyone who eats and drinks and only afterwards davens. So it quotes a, a pasuk about him in the book of uh, Malachim and says kind of Vaosi hishlachta achale. Uh, uh, you've kind of thrown me behind your back. In other words, you're more worried about your own needs and and and, and filling your own boich than you are about about davening. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu actually says, after uh, you've uh, kind of shown your own arrogance and worried about yourself, now you want to to uh, to be mekabel omachotshmaim. Now you want to accept my 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 yoke. So, so eating before, obviously, if someone is 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 ill, someone's a diabetic and needs to eat at fixed times, then one one asks a a, a rov what to do and follows and follows the directions. But generally speaking, uh, having sort of your, your traditional cake or whatever it is before before davening is not is not really the right thing to do. Water won't be allowed to drink before before coffee because. Drinking water is certainly not an act of, of, uh, of arrogance, and and most of the paiskim have have instructed that if someone needs, he'd be allowed to drink a cup of coffee or or a tea uh, uh, before before uh, before davening, um, and if one is used to it, one could perhaps even add a bit of of, uh, of sugar to the uh, to it. And maybe even uh, add a push some some milk, and 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 have that. But a, a full out breakfast before before shachris is not is not uh, is is not on. If someone is is ill and and needs to eat, then before before uh, davening, or he's very very hungry, and until he knows where he's not going to be able to uh, have kavana in his. In his davening, unless he eats something before the davening, then he would be allowed to eat a little bit or something, a little snack before, before the uh, before the davening. We'll come back with our last segment in a moment. This is one point one oh one point nine, High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul. Back on the radio, we have a few more minutes left as we get ready for Shabbos Kodesh, Pasha Shemini, Pasha's Parah, Shabbos Mavorchim, for Chodesh Nisan. We're talking about Kiddush, we're talking about eating before, before uh, a davening. Now, we said that if someone needs to eat for whatever reason, his illness, or he's not going to be able to have uh, concentration when he davens, so he's allowed to have a snack. And even though there are some who say that if you're going to have that kind of snack, you should make kiddush before you eat, practically speaking, we never say kiddush before we daven because the minig is like those who hold that the obligation of kiddush only begins after one has davened, davened uh, chakras. Now, a woman who usually davens chakrit, so she would be allowed also to drink before before davening. And if she needs to, she would be allowed even to 
eat something, just like we said by men, if it's absolutely necessary. Because so long as she has not governed, so also she does not have yet the obligation of making Kiddush. But uh, a woman who normally does not daven properly, maybe she just says the Birchot HaShachar in the morning. So straight away, when she gets up, she is obligated to make Kiddush. And if she wants to eat or, or drink, so then she must first say her Birchot HaShachar, then she should make Kiddush, and then she can eat and, and drink. If it's a really desperate situation, let's say she doesn't know how to make the Kiddush herself, and she's very, very thirsty, then she could even drink without, without making Kiddush. And if she really, really needs to eat something, she can even eat something without making Kiddush in, in a pretty desperate situation. A child who uh, uh, is already old enough to be uh, edu educated, so... Um, although there are some who try to, to educate them that they should not eat until after Kiddush, the truth is children generally when they get up in the morning are quite hungry and therefore there's no need to deprive them of, of their breakfast. On the contrary, Shabbos, give them a, give them a little bit of a nicer breakfast. Right? When they're hungry or thirsty, one can give them to eat and to drink even before he has heard, uh, he has heard the, the, the Kiddush. That really is about all the time we're going to have on this Erev, Erev Shabbos. And it just leaves me enough time to really thank you all for joining us. But thank you for being part of our radio family. I, I hope that you enjoy our offering. I hope you enjoy the show. And I really would welcome any kind of feedback, any kind of you know, things you like, things you don't like, things you want more of, things you definitely don't want more of. It, it just gives us the, the idea and the direction of how we should be pitching the, the show. Please, God, bear Hashem, with we'll be back again next week. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Hazria, which already we're getting into Nissan. Maybe we'll talk a little bit already about start getting ready for, for Pesach. We need to start preparing for the Haggadah. We're going to have to give a give a seder. We're going to have to explain Yitziat Mitzrayim again, have the privilege. So let's let's get ourselves ready. Let's, let's start getting our minds into focus, not only for the work that needs to be done in preparation of our homes for Pesach, but the work that needs to be done in preparation of our minds and of, of getting the, the the wisdom we need to be able to really give over the beauty of what Yetzirah Mitzrayim is about and, and make Pesach, this Pesach, the most amazing holiday we've ever celebrated together as a family. So, just to wish each and every one of our radio family a warm, inspiring, and beautiful Good Shabbos.